I am unashamed. What about you? There was a guy in, in from he, Indiana. Or something. He was a Frenchman from South Carolina. Oh, he's a I Frenchman. Was, I was close. He's only been in the country four years. He said, but look. So he finds my checkbook, and I'm about to like have to cancel all these checks, and it's just a pain in the butt, you know, it costs money. And um, he sends Lisa a note. He found, I guess, our names are on the checks. So yeah, he, you, you told us this. Okay, so yeah. well, here's the the rest of the story. So he gets back to South Carolina, and yesterday my checkbook shows up in the mail. Oh, I thought you'd already gotten it back. No, 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 I hadn't gotten it yeah, back. Because he was my, traveling across the country, see, for a long time. My trip. take was I'll believe it when I see <laughs> All right, well, it. Well, it happened. I saw it. So, look, he sent this really nice note. And so I was just texting him because he, he gave his name and his phone number. But he didn't get his address, which I wanted to send him something. But he didn't want anything. He said, I don't want anything for doing this. But I was going to send him something anyway, a gift or something, you know, gift card. But he just said, we hope the checkbook finds you well. We wish you a happy new year. But I thought. Now, that's what people are to do. He should have written something in French. That would have been more. Well, his name is Jean something, so I don't want to give his name. But I, but he did send his number, so I at least could send him a text and say, man, I appreciate it. And if you ever need a duck call, <laughs> if you ever get into duck hunting, I might get yeah. help you out. But I just thought that's a kindness, that is. this being lost. You know, this guy, and he didn't want anything. He was just like, no, I'll send it back to you. But you think about how that we talk about thieving all the time and how people are. It's, I'm surprised people are still writing checks. Well, I'm old school, Jay. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't. I, we kind of we quit doing that. We don't. We don't. Do oh, most people don't like you, you talk about giving at church and stuff. They don't. Nobody gives a check anymore. But I'm still kind of old school. It's just the last time I had a check encounter, we had done some event a couple years ago, and there were there were no people there. Well, it, I just bought a bought a a Chaco, Jay. Trust me, I'm gonna believe you. you you're gonna write a check. <laughs> Oh, you ain't gonna get no track of them. No, you can get them. They ain't Phil. sending it through the mail. What, what virtual, there's a virtual wor- world. Let me what he's saying now. It didn't, it didn't show up down here and delivered until the check went through. So oh, you had to have that. What I'm hearing in this discussion, Jason, he's saying he needs a check from you. Yeah. Is what, is what I'm playing that stock market where there ain't no checks. He, oh, look, look at what I got today. You know, I'm like, well, I, I love I'm it when the interested. audience gets to see an actual negotiation no, discussion I mean, among Phil, our you family. Can, there's things called PayPal and <laughs> PayPal. PayPal. Pal. Yeah, well, I never heard. I never heard anybody I pay money to my, as my pal. <laughs> <laughs> How much? One hundred twenty-eight thousand. It's one of my best. Ain't my pal, Jay. Here's a stock tip. Forget what Phil's saying. Oh and go goodness. buy you some PayPal. That joke yeah. is a rocket. No, it's how the transaction happened. You know, like Venmo. Venmo. Uh, Daddy, are you aware of bitcoins? Do you have some? Do you well, have, have you no. Wait a minute. That's a different kind of <laughs> currency. But you can now, Phil, take your phone and push a couple buttons, and he can receive a payment, among other things, from your phone. <laughs> How do we get on this? So, it always goes back to the always goes back to the same. So I've weighed the need because a lot of them say. Phil, I wish I didn't have one either, but in my line of work, I have to have one. If I which it makes sense. I got and, it. And if, well, and, if, and if the people we're talking to right now didn't have their phones, there's no way they could hear us. So, so, so because of that, we try to win some. Right. If so, the artist needs to realize. So, it. so, so Chad, y'all trying to win us over? Yeah. So Chad from Indiana, who's a farmer. Uh, well, actually, he's a he's a guy that works on John Deere equipment. 
Yeah. And he Farmer. sent us he, he sent us a note because he heard this discussion. He said, I want you to tell your dad something. Yeah, I love those products from John Deere. Stuff. They're awesome. Good Here, stuff. But he sent a note. He said, look, tell your dad, the way it is now, we can't work on John Deere without the internet. They don't make them anymore with manuals. That's right. Now, every, in other words, if they don't plug into the internet, they can't fix John Deere's. He said, that's just the way it is. He My said, farmer friend, I said, come over here and I want to plant a field for me. He pulled up in a big John Deere tractor with all the implements on the back and the whole thing. All computer do. He pulled up there and he pulled over to the side a little bit. He said, Phil, it'll be about 30 minutes. I got to, I got to get in touch with Iowa. I said, the state of Iowa? <laughs> he said, yeah, I got to get over John Deere up in Iowa. And they'll, they'll, they gotta, we got to scope this field first. So he said, now I'm going to get clearance from them. We're taking a picture of it the exact acreage, and what I'm going to use it for. And he said, I actually don't have to. I could get out of it and walk over and talk to you while the tractor does all the planting. Was, he could be <laughs> so, over there talking so to me. He, he said, I don't it. have to be on in, in the thing driving it. Wow. It will drive itself See, on this that. 60 acres. He said, it'll drive itself. Because it, turn. it maps it. It maps it, and, yeah. and the rows are straight as an arrow, and yeah. he's not even in the thing. He, he said, I don't have to drive it. They'll drive it, from, fun they'll drive it from Iowa. And I'm like, I'm standing there. I'm saying, boy, I'm, I'm way behind in time now. Can you imagine having that back back in the, a couple of thousand years ago, 500 years ago? You so just, that makes sense when you see those pictures of they'll, they'll show those ones going kind of in a staggered road. There's probably just nobody in them. They're just, no, there's nobody in them. They're just going. Wow. That's amazing. I guess that's why you don't see many skinny farmers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I was wondering that because they're like, boy, I was all out there all day. You These know, farmers could field. enlighten us all. They're one of the greatest, smallest groups oh, they're on amazing. planet Earth. We got quite a few listeners because yeah. I get some notes from those guys. They're feeding the, they're feeding the whole world. Oh, I mean more than just us. You know how many farmers are there? Like two percent or oh, one it's very or, small. Two percent. It's very small. These guys are awesome. So I came in here. To I salute everybody who f tills the soil. There you go. And the high tech gadgetry they do it with. It's amazing. Right. I have to wear my John Deere hat. So I come in here, Jason. There's water over here, all in the pod, the, the podcast layer. Mm -hmm. We've had a we've had a leaky situation, and the problem <laughs> the problem is, I don't know about you, but I, I learned from Dad absolutely nothing about how to fix stuff. I learned, no, and I don't no. know if it's your fault, but I'm just I've saying. Documented my. Position. I mean, what I do is hire other people now. I, I provide jobs for others. With, in this particular instance, that water that was on the floor, I, I began to track the source of that water. Come to find out, right back behind us, there's an ice machine. And when I looked, the drain pipe on it yep. had come unglued and it dropped down and the water just draining out behind that wall right there, forcing it out there. Right. So... Well, that's why I was going to come in. What you should have learned from me a long time ago is you said, how'd you fix that? I said, I fixed that with duct tape. Well, that, that's what I learned from following you around, Dad, is that you put stuff together, but it usually wasn't at a precision level uh, yeah, like I, like a professional. I, I, I will agree with that. <laughs> but he does have to learn how to track it back. So I was going to commend you that you fixed our problem because I was going to get a plumber out here to try to yep. get that water up. So tell yep. us about the hunt today. What 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 happened? The ducks are because it's rainy and nasty here today, and the water's coming up, which is four years in a row. 
ducks, which scatters the ducks. This but is the fifth. Fifth, fifth year in a row. Is it five? Yeah. Fifth backwater in a row. Which I don't ever remember in 45 years of living out here. I don't remember no, I don't five backwaters in a row. And last year's was the, the latest latest backwater ever in Louisiana. It stayed longer last year than any of them have. Well, so. we, we have a situation it's here. It's a wet the, state. The commerce in our town, they make money from barges going up and down. So the river has been raised. When did they raise it? 1970-something? Yeah, 30 years. And yeah, 40, so when right you, before we came down there. When you start off high and you live in a state that's – Number one in rainfall and number three in land to water coverage ratio. Guess what? <laughs> it's not whether it's gonna flood. It's how long it's gonna last. It, it's That's gonna right. flood. So yeah. it scatters the ducks. But I, you know, Phil will agree. You never have a bad time duck hunting. We shot nope. five, we shot five ducks. Yep. You learn to treasure each one more. <laughs> but we were talking today about. You know the conversations that you have. We had we had a preacher from uh, where was he from? He's from Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. Turner. He's been here a couple of days. I'm not sure where he even came from. I just looked up and <laughs> well, he, he was here. He's a friend of mine. I think Jay invited and Jay, him. Jay, right? Yeah. But yeah. Jay hadn't been here. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. He's he a great is. Dude. And good, so good, solid brother. So yep. I hit him where it hurt because we have spiritual conversations in the blind, which is useful. We we literally have had a duck blind. Podcast amongst ourselves for about three days. We should have been recording all that. We could have used that. That was pretty good stuff. But I said, I hit him where it hurt. I said, Do you say somebody's skinny jeans? That's where I use it. I, that, that, I didn't know how he dressed because he, in, in the duck blind situation, he looked. Because everybody has fine. camo. Right, right, right. And he had a little starter beard. It had been manicured, so there was some premeditation. He's bald headed with a lot of tattoos. You know, he's bald headed because he probably had a hat on. Didn't notice. No, no hair. And so I said, Now look. I got a question. I said, "Are you one of these preachers that wears there, there's a there's a thing going on?" He was looking dead serious because I had heard a sermon a few weeks ago. We had visited a church in Austin. Yeah. I was like, "Awesome sermon!" I, it literally was top ten I've ever heard. It was focused on Jesus. They had gone through the Book of John. It was fabulous. I said, "The one thing that bothered me," I said, because he had made reference that he had four kids. But he was wearing a like a flat bill hat, and he had these <laughs> weird looking high top uh, sneakers on. Yeah, yeah. And his shirt was two sizes too small. Yeah. And I thought, and the jeans were tight. What What are we doing? <laughs> but Jace, you're you're we're forgetting up front before you rip on him. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he's a city dweller, son. <laughs> That's city, true. City dweller. Well, the only reason I brought this up to him is because when we went to this worship, they don't look like rednecks out here. And hang on, we went. Let me develop this issue. When we went to the worship conference in Nashville a couple of years ago, they all looked the same, didn't they? Every one of them yes. had the same it's, type of it's garb, a cookie cutter on, and I thought. What, what are we doing? Is this a thing? So I asked him, and look, I could tell it embarrassed him. I said, do you have a pair of these weird high top? And he went, I think what happened, he wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> he said, he named off some of, some of these uh, great pastors and preachers, and oh, he yeah. said people saw them, and they just, they respect them, and they started dressing like them. 
And uh, which he had a valid point. He said, I just, because then he put it on me. He said, I wouldn't think you were the type of person to hand out fashion advice. And he kind of looked at me up and down once. I thought, I was about to say that. So I'm glad he said that. That's a valid point. But I just, I just felt weird about it. I was like, you know, what happened to be yourself? Of course, he didn't have a good answer for that, you know. But then today, I mean, that was kind of the funny funny show. that's found a If you show, uh, don't show favoritism. Suppose okay. a man comes into your you meeting, James, James chapter 2. Okay. Suppose a man comes to your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. Here we go. There I you, should have you, known there was a biblical reference. And a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. That would be you two. Yeah, so you got We're not one poor well man, dressed, but shabby one clothes. well dressed and one not. If you show special attention, Jace, mm-hmm. to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you. If you say, the spiffy one, we got to we got to take care of him. The guy over there, you know, it's got the raggedy clothes sleeping on the bridge. Call him. <laughs> he, here's a good seat for you. But say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? That's a good point. You know, you awesome. look at that. That's a pretty serious matter with, with the Almighty. It is. On the outward appearance. So, I should have read this verse. So to <clears throat> let's, uh, let's take a quick break. So, Jace, you having any aches and pains today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to manually start the motor today instead of the electric start because it wouldn't work. And it always seems worse when it's cold, doesn't it? Like it's cold anyway, and then you're having to do something like that you don't normally do, and I don't know. He manually started it, but I found the little screw over there on the side. I just tightened it a little bit with my hand. It went right off. (laughs) Four hours Dad, later. you're fixing stuff all yeah, day today. Yeah, that would have been good information before <laughs> yeah. I was just Before daylight. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Jason, we're going to have to get you to some Omega XL, which is what Dad and I take for our aches and pains, because basically it comes from inflammation. Uh, and they've done 35 years of research to figure this out. It's really amazing because they found a property in a muscle from New Zealand. I mean, it's grown. I in, literally have no zero aches and pains. I do too. It's incredible. It's it's really amazing. It's it's I mean a lot. none. And it's, I'm 70 almost 75. We're years fixing old. to get mom on them, so we'll see we'll see how she's going to yeah, do. So a 5 gallon bucket on. <laughs> so 5 gallon bucket coming. So here's if you want to uh, take care of this inflammation, here's what you do. Go to omegaxl.com/fill. You're going to get you're going to buy a bottle and they're going to send you a second bottle free, which is really great. OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can give them a call, 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. So to to Jace's point, he did, in practicality, by poking fun, what you just said in that text, because he was poking fun of the people that were dressed this cookie cutter. And I was really kidding. Right. But it did... I was curious. I, look, I noticed the exact same thing because I travel a lot and speak. It, it's not a good trend. <laughs> but I would go to, up there. It, the, the, what Jace is talking about it is it, it was that everybody looked the same. It was really weird. So I, so That's I, the way I felt. I thought, is this a thing now? And should I buy some high tops if I'm going to come here? That's what I was thinking. Jace, don't break out in high tops. No, I, I trust me. I, I call them elfin boots because the ones I saw had some little boots that looked, they made them look like an elf. 
because it kind of came to a point like they could mm-hmm. kill a cockroach in a corner, you know, one of them kind of deals. And I saw that, and everybody looked the same. They had these weird little round hats on. Some of them did. And it was, yeah, I don't these get are, it. These I, are the I, singers. I, I, I walked in the green room, and there all the people are there, and the pastor's there, and he's young, and he looks just, they all look the same. He's got the tight jeans. I said, well, I didn't get the memo. And everybody just stopped, you know, because I said it, like, loud. And everybody looked at me and said, I didn't know there were his uniforms to be here. I didn't get, the, and then they all started laughing. But I've like, never I seen exactly what you do. I've never seen another human being wear this type it's of. It's because it's city. Dad's right about that. It's cities. That's the look. We're not in cities. I mean, West Monroe's not a city. West Monroe's a but Al, town what makes you get up in the morning? You hear a great sermon. <laughs> the last thing I'm thinking of is I need to dress like that guy. <laughs> Yeah. See, I don't. Well, if I you don't dress think like that way, I'm you, not. Why? Me and Mike preach at Waste of Road. If you dress like us, you're gonna be wearing a vest. You know that's our thing. Year round vest keeps it's you good. Just it. simple. Don't over, man don't overdo it when it comes to outward appearance. I mean, I, I had a minor discussion with my wife when I went to this wedding the other night because she came out looking classy as, I, and we were talking about that in the blind today. I said I was real proud of my wife because uh, some of the. I mean, it's wintertime. But some of the younger people there were not, I would say, were dressed immodestly. The skirt's way too short. Yeah. And and yeah, I just I always man. look at my wife and think, man, I, I've been blessed by God. Here's a, I mean, she looks awesome, but she always dresses classy. Yeah. And, uh, but we, that then spawned a conversation about how leaders, I mean, we were kind of kidding about the clothes, but I guess not really now. <laughs> now that Phil brought the now, hammer. Now, <laughs> but, uh, now that we got the Bible bird. But we were talking about how leaders are only a couple moments away from doing things that just destroy the reputation of the church. We yeah. talked about affairs, and, 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 and we were kind of talking in that vein. It's like whatever, and we were doing it in the context of those women that I was talking about. Because Josh, who you're wedding. talking about, is, was a pastor for many years and now works with pastors and mainly works in situations where he's kind of a 911 guy that goes in when something like this happens in a church. Yeah, and he was re- bringing that up. He yeah. was like, these guys, like uh, some of them, you know, act like they don't know what happened, which is, you know, I mean, you don't just accidentally. No. You slip, you know. They're like, "Well, I slipped," you know. And they're like, "You've been having a two-year affair with another woman, and you're supposedly a leader in that, in church." That's not a slip. That was a rolling down a, a hill <laughs> avalanche. Yeah. But we we did make the point that there are these moments that come up because you can make a bad decision just like this, wrong place, wrong time. You're confronted, you know, with a with a woman. Yeah, you know, I I shared a story that I was at an event sometime i probably shared it before on here and it was just a woman that looked like she had no business making a move on me she looked classy looking yeah she was like what are you doing after the show and it it's like when i looked up and just kind of looked at my surroundings it's i'm like how did i get in this position (laughs) everybody was just away and maybe she saw that opportunity and moved in and i was just like a deer in the headlights of course, I thankfully, once I paused for like 10 seconds, thinking the ramifications of everything, my last, my life was flashing in front of my face. I was like, I'm going to go call my wife, <laughs> which was a really good answer. It was a good answer. <laughs> and tell her about you. <laughs> no, I just ended it there. And 
that was it. But of course, Missy, you know, we did that Duck Commander cruise. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Phil actually brought that up. <laughs> And She's what, still so, a little upset about that one. <laughs> some, but. some woman comes set, plop down on Jace's lap to take a well, picture. And, and her mi- mom and Phil's. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, didn't remember Phil, that being a But yeah. I remember my... Uh, I remember my verbiage. Easy, easy, easy now. <laughs> I was like... Did you start talking loud? <laughs> I just said, easy, easy. Well, if my wife listens to this podcast, she, look, she was not pleased she with me. She was not happy. But she wasn't there, even though she was right behind me. The girl said, the young woman said, can I, can we be in front? And I thought. Because everybody else had been in the back. Yeah, they had walked behind. And I thought she meant like take a knee in front of the camera. (laughs) And I was like, sure. And she plopped down. On your left. On my knee, my left knee. (laughs) She did grab me, you know, around and acted like. We're a couple. <laughs> the problem with that is my wife is five feet behind me. And I was like, hurry up and take the picture. You know, that's what I was thinking. And so I looked and her mom, and look, these women look like yeah. models. Yeah. They, they I were remember gorgeous. it. Because I, I was on the other and, side of you. And I think there was nothing, you know. No, it, they were just. They were just the right, Apostle no, Peter had it right. Well, Phil, uh, let me finish the story. I urge so, you. <laughs> As aliens and strangers, Jace, in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, oh, he made a heap of time, made a hit on it. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I do agree, but however. You seem a little strange when you say, honey, you're talking to the wrong man. Well, we didn't. Me or you said nothing, and they took the picture, and then my wife turned red. And when we got back to the room, I just she, didn't think they were going to come at that speed and plop down in my lap. I just wasn't. Yeah. And she said, "Both of y'all are be ashamed of yourself because you should have said, hey, get up.'" But I thought, well, we were only taking a picture, and it was only a second. She's like, "But you took a picture with a good-looking woman on your knee, and I'm sitting behind you." Yeah. Yeah, she was, and you know what I said? <laughs> Valid point. Yep. So I'm, I'm but, and I will say, <clears throat> and y'all, I remember her, my, your mother, and my daughter-in-law were right behind us. And when I I looked around, when them women plopped down like that, I just looked around at them, and I'm like, so so what we fix to do now here? But because our women were on were on the premises. And, but there was fire coming out of their eyes. I could see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, in, in y'all's defense, we were taking pictures with 3,000 people. Yeah. Remember, we were there for hours and hours. So yeah. it's, it's not like it was just a one. I mean, there's people rolling through here like crazy. That's true. So it was a weird situation. It was. And look, ha- having I finally relented and said, you're right. I should have just said. No. Yeah. Hit disappointed. Even though she knew I never spend one minute with females without witnesses (laughs) on the premises. Well, I had a rule the whole time I was in ministry that if someone came to see me, a sister from, you know, somebody needed to talk to me or whatever, that I would never do that by myself. Yeah. Lori would come in with me, or when Lisa works at the church, she would come down. Because, you know, I wanted to be able to talk to people and be open to people yeah. as a pastor. But at the same time, I don't leave any room for the devil to work. <clears throat> I want to read you a text about that because we got a lot of we got a lot of men in our audience. One of the best <clears throat> texts, I think, in the entire Bible about how we should think 
and it comes from the weirdest book to me. It comes from the book of Job, and it's Job thirty-one. And Job, in this in this context, you know, he's had all these terrible things happen to him. He's trying to figure out what what's God got against me. Mm-hmm. And his friends, he's got three dopey friends that keep trying to say, "You've done something. Just come out mm-hmm. with it." You know, and Job, he's like, "I don't know." So Job thirty-one is him defending his character. But I want you to think about it. Now this Job is an ancient book. We're talking about probably back pre-flood. I mean, it was an old Job was an old dude. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they were running around like today in bikinis. I mean, they're wearing the only thing they're seeing their eyes and ankles. And yet, yeah. look, look at what he said in verse one: "I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl." That's how he starts it. So it's still about we always talk about women and modesty. Job says, "No, no, no. Wait a minute. Yeah, women need to be modest, but." He made a covenant with his own eyes. I don't look at that. Yep. I make a decision. I'm not going to do that. And then I want you. I want to read this one. Let's let's let's, t- <clears throat> let's take another break. He said in verse nine, "If my heart has been enticed by a woman, I love the way he puts this. Or if I have lurked at my neighbor's door, mm. you know, I, we've all seen the lurkers, right? Mm-hmm. Then may my wife." Grind another man's grain, and may other men sleep with her. In other words, why? If I'm not going to treat people respectfully, why would I expect my wife to respect me? Which I thought was really, really good. So that was just, and there's a lot of other good stuff in that thing. But I love it because he's saying I'm going to be bold, like we were talking about, about not being flirty with people. I mean, that people just they put themselves well, in bad positions, you know. Well, and you know, we were talking today because we were talking to this pastor. And we were like, we all know you can be forgiven for any sin. God's grace reaches deeper than we can imagine. But even in the scriptures where these problems occurred, like the church at Corinth, he did single out the the sexual sins as having more consequences. (coughs) Correct. And people, I, I brought this up to people, and they're like, what do you mean? You know, in First Corinthians six eighteen. Now, this is right after he had said he listed all these uh, participants that commit sexual sins, and he said that is what some of you were in verse eleven. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. So it's not about being forgiven, right? But he makes a point in verse eighteen that I think is really interesting. He singles out this sexual sin. He says, flee from sexual immorality, which is basically sex that's not right between a husband and a wife that's married. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. Make of that what you will, but it seems that this sin is different based on that statement. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body, which we're in Acts chapter 2 these days, at, you know, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and, and us being able to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Well, And then he makes that reference here. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And I want to make a comment here. Most of the time, when I hear somebody read this verse, they're not talking about sexual sins. Right. They're they're talking about some other sin Smoking of the body. And or... I'm like, well, wait a minute here. <coughs> if you'll read that little phrase, all other sins a man commits are outside of his body. 
people, their smoke starts rising from their head. They're like, is that what that says? It's like, yeah, that's what he was talking about. And if you want to make a practical analogy about some, some other stupid thing you can do with your body, okay, I mean, I, I'm all ears, and I'm not saying you can't do that. But I know what he was talking about here. And that's why we were talking about today. doesn't mean you can't be forgiven, but you probably shouldn't be in church leadership. I agree. Because the very marriage mirrors, back to Ephesians 5, us being married to Christ. You know, and he had said that before. The body is not is meant, this is in 13, not for sex and immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So it's like you're married to him first. Then when you step out of that realm and commit this act with somebody else, now you, you've done two things. You turned your back on the Lord in the moment and your wife or husband or whichever one applies. So that's why I think it is a more serious thing. The consequences are greater, especially when you're talking about leadership. What do you think? I agree. You yeah. have to be very careful how you live because the days are evil. Yeah. So I do think it requires, my point is it requires taking more steps to guard yourself from this situation. I was trying to find that verse. Where's the verse that where it talks about false teachers and they, they come in to weak-willed women? I think that's First Timothy 2. They, they worm their uh, way. Worm yeah. their way let me, in. Let me look. And, two or four. And <clears throat> I was thinking that to your point, Jace, as you're first, looking for first it. First Timothy 2. No, I don't think it's 2, Phil. Well, second, why, second Timothy 2, maybe. While you're looking for it. I'll find it. The, the point I want to make about that is, to your point, I think you got it. I have Second right, Timothy three. I was in the neighborhood. It says that that people who have a form of godliness in verse five, but deny its power, have nothing to do with them. But then it says they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. And I think the point there by him having that particular reference is just what you're describing, that what happens is people that are in leadership, and that's what we're talking about in Acts 2, you know, these are the first, the disciples are the first ones. You have a huge responsibility because you're shepherding other people. I mean, they have to be able to trust you. And so if, if you're in a, if you're a, if you're a false, a wolf in sheep's clothing or a false shepherd, then you have this power over these people. You hear it happen all the time. And you're, I'm with you 100%. I mean, I, you know, Chuck Swindoll is a guy I read a lot as a young pastor. And, he, you know, he was so firm about this. He was like, mm-hmm. you have an affair, you're out. You don't need to be doing this anymore. And, and, not, and he said, I'm not saying you can't be forgiven. I, you can serve. You can do a lot of things. But you can't be trusted with the sheep of the kingdom. And, and he was hardcore. And he's old school. But still, I, I took that to heart. And so that made me be super careful in this area because I could see where this could happen. And you yeah. get a guy that's taking advantage of people like this is Paul was describing in Timothy, and they can wreck – I mean, that can wreck people's faith. Oh, it's oh, awful. It wrecks people's <laughs> lives. It, it, Look, how many times have you seen people who go for years as a deacon or an elder or whatever, and then it comes out they were having an oh, affair yeah. the whole time, and you're like – what kind of image is this representing the world as we, the bride of Christ, when we can't have these conversations? That's why a lot of people, they don't like to talk about sex or sexual sins. It makes them uncomfortable, or they're like, that shouldn't be 
uh, yeah. talked about, well, <laughs> but, I know where that's coming from. <laughs> Because yep. it's not God. Because the Bible talks about it a lot. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's all. I wonder why. <laughs> exactly. I think we should celebrate. Look, I've told my kids numerous. We we talk about sex be, in a godly way. I'm like, they're embarrassed. They don't want to hear it, whatever. What them and Mom and Dad were always open about it with yeah. us. Same thing. And they were loving in front of us and you yeah. know playful. I would rather them have that in their head on how life gets here. You know, through God and yeah. through a married couple, and and you know the greatest because it's it's a God thing, which is I, to your point earlier, and you're talking about Corinthians. I've always taken Paul what he meant by what he said there was that this is a holy, divine, two becoming one idea that God came up with. Physical sex is, but it's more than that. It's emotional. It's spiritual. I mean, first man, first woman. The idea was you two become one, and we know just the physical part of that, that's what happens. So when you go down, as Paul described, with a prostitute or with someone else, and you, you're you making that attempt to make that holy un, union of two people, you're making it unholy. And mm-hmm. it is unique to other sins. There's no doubt about it, because this is something God designed specifically for a married man and a married woman. That's why I, mean, I love, I didn't realize how great it was going to be, but when you finally get in your 70s, you look around and you say, okay, what are we having here tonight? Sex or popcorn? And you find yourself saying more, let's just go over to popcorn. Popcorn's that, okay. I, I, I love the idea because I'm like, you know what? It's, it's, uh, it's fleeting. I've learned my lessons. <laughs> hey, hang on, let's take another break. Yeah, I want to speak to that, Dad, because you're right. Because you know, Lisa and I do a lot of marriage work. And when people are young, they're newly married. They're in their 20s. I mean, I get it. Sex is such a big part of everything that's going on. You're having your children. And so you have a lot of issues in those areas a lot of times, some of what we talked about today. Yep. But you're, you give a great picture to people. As you grow into your marriage, the physical part of that loses the early part of why it was so important. And again, God made us that way because you yeah. don't procreate anymore you know, once you get a little bit older. Yep. But still, you got to have that. I would say you and mom are probably emotionally and spiritually closer than you've ever been. Is that that not a fair statement? That's a fair statement, no doubt about it. So it it grows. I mean, that part grows. uh, Look, the only time my wife and I, broke, we broke up when we were dating was, and look, I think it took my wife 30 years, which is about how long we've been married, to figure out my point. But finally one day she said, oh, okay, I understand what you're saying. Because it comes up every once in a while. Because it was the only time we broke up. And because she thought I was being jealous and envious because a guy came up to her and said, I want to talk to you. They were at some get together at somebody's house. And she she went into a room by herself with him. And he basically asked her out. And she said, No, I, I'm dating, you know, me. So she's like, well, What are you getting all bent out of shape? I was like, she was thinking I was being jealous or envious that that happened. I really wasn't. I my whole I was upset with when he said I want to talk to you. When you went into the other room, that's the problem. <laughs> I said you should have said, "Well, let's hear it." Why Why do we have to go in private? I said because 
as a protector of you, I think you shouldn't have done that. And so she finally realized that. I, I really believe that. She truly believed. Because she that, didn't have an ulterior motive, so no. she wasn't looking at it like she was doing anything but wrong. she thought I did. I right. really didn't. Right. I'm like, you did great saying no, but you should have <laughs> just said, no, I'm not going anywhere. What? What is the... Yeah. Uh, Let's that, talk about it here. Why do we have to... I said, because he could have overpowered you in that moment and, and did something you didn't want. I was more concerned about that. Yeah. Because I thought she was naive and just said, okay. She wasn't thinking like that. I said, I do the, if someone, a woman came and said, you know, come over to my house and no one's there and let's talk. Well, you wouldn't like it if I went over. I was like, no, we're talking now. Let's, let's hear it. Yep. So it, it's. And I've done that before, like go to somebody's house and deliver something or whatever, yeah. and they open the door and it's a woman. And they're like, oh, yeah, come on in. I was like, oh, no, it's okay here. I'm just doing this. I mean, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to lurk at my neighbor's door, yeah. you know, to put yeah. it in Joe's vernacular. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, to, you know, we're in the book of Acts. You say, what, what does all this have to do with the book of Acts? When, when Peter gets up and, and shares Jesus in Acts 2, which is where we're lingering, and the people respond, and everything's exciting, and they get forgiveness of sins, and they get the Holy Spirit, and the Lord adds to their number being saved. And then the next paragraph is awesome. It's like this kind of earthly dwelling that even the far left, what they're trying to attain. It's like everyone devoted themselves uh, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayer. They've all come under one umbrella under Jesus. They're filled with all uh all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together. It, a movement has started. They broke bread in their homes and ate together, glad sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor and the Lord kept adding to their number. But then when you just flip to the next book, in Corinthians, you're like, what happened? <laughs> what? Because what happened was, it was exciting. It, we, we have a movement, but then the daily grind of life, somebody went over, probably with good motives, and we had a situation here where <laughs> somebody you know, there was up. a young lady friend. Yep. And so then you get this letter to the Corinthians of, of trying to explain that, hey, you got the Holy Spirit. Remember all that back there in Acts 2? <laughs> Remember how it used to be? Yeah, I mean, and, and so that's my point, is that when you're reading this narrative, people are like, okay, yeah, I agree with this, but they disassociate it, 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 it just like they did in, in this becoming a real movement. To us, this just becomes, okay, our birthplace for the church or just a story. And then we walk right out. And the Holy Spirit actually being a thing inside of us and moving gets forgotten right. in these little moments that happen in day-to-day -day life. And the next thing you know, the whole thing's gone up in smoke. Yeah, yep. Well, I think to your point, you mentioned about the far left. When you, Because I've seen this text, particular text, references, well, the Bible is for socialism and communism, and they'll, they'll read this verse. Right. That was exactly what I was. And, I, and I should I'm, have clarified. And I'm always like, or maybe some sort of liberal theologian. 
And I'm just like, no, that, but you missed the whole thing. If God's not in charge of the movie, if Jesus isn't at the core of the movement, you don't even get started on the right page. And what was interesting was we had a, a literal classic Petri dish example this past summer, the summer of Chaz. Remember, there's a, a six blocks in the middle of Seattle. They said, we're going to be in an autonomous zone, and yep. we're, this is the way we're going to live. Mm. We don't need the police. We don't need anything else. And so they closed. They had their borders. We're they didn't need a wall. We're going to be good, and we don't need God. We don't need God. We're just going to do this for each other. We're going to show what harmony looks like. And, of course, it took about, what, a, a few weeks to turn into a drug-soaked murder scene. People are getting shot. They're getting killed. I mean, like, mm. this the idea to do this without God will not work. Well, because all his principles are good. Right. Now, people, they'll argue that. And they're like, well, look at these churches. Look at these hypocrites. What about that leader that, you know, had sex with this, right. whatever? That still doesn't change the fact that Jesus is holy. And, and he, he's, he's, there's no unrighteousness that's right. there. That's the only way this works. Uh, let's take one last break. And to your point, what the reason this has worked in the first century and is still around 2000 years later is because we learned from Paul and all these other writers that human beings are going to mess up mm-hmm. which again is how Jesus trains us to forgive one another to love one another to come out of sinful situations to confront somebody like mm-hmm. Paul did so again you don't see that in a situation Be without quick God. to forgive quick to forgive you don't have forgiveness. You, you... I think the struggle comes, though, with people is that we're all flawed. We will all continue to be flawed. And so every time we share Jesus, or even if we're all together in this way under one bond, which is Jesus our Lord and the Spirit indwellness, that's always going to be an attack because we are flawed. Now, we're sitting here saying, well, if you're going to be one of the leaders, there's just some things that you're not going to be able to do and, and be a leader. Right. Not that you can't confess your sins, you know, become a servant once again, and, and do all the things that you need to do to show God and his people that you love him. And I mean, we can go through all that. But I'm saying that's what they use against Christianity at its core is that, yeah, but you're you're still flawed. So yeah. how dare you go out there and tell me yeah, you how can't to live? Ju- don't judge me. Or, yeah, don't judge. Like, well, I'm just sharing Jesus with you. Right. And y'all can, he, he, he is, he's really good about changing your behavior and your mindset and how you are open about your mistakes. And so I think that is kind of the grind why the world tends to attack. Because here you look at this, this setting, because they had sinned too, mm-hmm. even with God in, right. in their life, and it got worse as right. we see in Corinthians. <laughs> and to your point, a political movement can never provide that. That's right. It, it just can't, and it's been tried. I mean, the, Dad was talking about it on the last podcast. There's been, I mean, man, there's been power after power that have tried to do it by rule, but you can't. And a good example, I was talking about the the thing happened in Seattle. There were about two or three other cities that people saw this and they thought, huh, well, we're going to try that in Asheville, North Carolina or Nashville, Tennessee. So they started putting up their stuff. And the mayors and governors in those days moved in and said, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. And they ended it quickly, which I thought about that. It depends on your leadership. That mayor of Seattle 
she sat right there and watched that whole thing go down. People, and then people got killed. I was like, you can't do that. What are you doing? You can't, can you not look at this situation and see people are fixing to get hurt? Yeah. Well, one of the things when you get to the leadership too, it's uh, worthy of note that when you get into the elders, I directed you, the apostle Paul said in Titus one about verse uh, six, an elder must be blameless. So would, you know, who do we run up on? And he's hard to blame him with something. The husband of but one wife, he's had a lot of them. What's he doing talking about to divorce people and trying to help them? A man whose children believe, you're like, whew. So if any of his children go rogue, he's out. Uh, not, <laughs> n- not open to the That's charge. That's not funny, but <laughs> yeah. no, it sounds you're, funny. He, the, Whoever the elder is, he, he's not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since he's entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless again, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given too much wine, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. He must be hospitable. He must be uh, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined, and he, to your point, he's talking to Christians. Yeah. yeah. And he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message that has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Now, you got that list there, and a lot of people say, uh, I said, so is that the way y'all's elders are? They said, well, we don't actually have elders. I mean, like elders. You're like, why? And they said, well, because I don't think we have anybody like that. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we, we, we can't find some guys who are like this. You know what? It's not funny because it, it is tough. It is I mean, tough. look, oh. we, all, we all got baggage, and that's why I said it's not about being forgiven. It's, it's not about pulling your bootstraps up and, and, you know, turning your life into a way to share Jesus. That that can happen. But the way we're set up with a, with a church headquarter on every street corner which ultimately it should be in heaven and you have leaders that you're trying to portray well he he addresses that he's like look you you need to get in these guys lives and and i'd say guys couples because i view it more from a you know it's what the two when when a married man and a woman are they become one so it's like, what are the qualifications of the elders? Well, that, they're a couple. It should be for both. So, yep. I mean, trust me, if their wife has gone off the reservation yeah. of whatever he's mischief. He's not going to be able to lead anyway. It, it's not going to work. Right. It, it it, work. This, this is not going to work. I wanted to read this because I know we don't. I think in the modern day Christianity, this uh, when you see leadership that and a long line of them in certain denominations, and and there there is gross sexual immorality, you know. We're, we're talking homosexual behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, People every, living everyone, together. Everyone knows the the ones I'm referring to, and you say, and it's on a gigantic scale. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of well, them. it's an it. Well, these qualifications here are not just written down there so that people would look at them. Ah, you know, you know. But you can you, you be forgiven. We'll 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 handle it. We'll work it out. It well, just, look! Look what it's done in our culture, Dad. It, oh. It's it's, ta- it's it's harmed the message of Christ yep. 
from going out because people look at that and they're disgusted by yep. it. And the ungodly say about. there's no one good. Oh, of course, because yeah, you yeah. got whole groups of people that are embracing things that the Bible clearly says. Don't well, that's do. why you got to take it seriously. And you, we are not the judge. There's no. only one God. That's right. But we're trying to represent Him in a, in a holy way, and not in a rule oriented system, but based on who God is and the example Jesus set. We're trying to take serious, uh, you know, doing what's right, right, and not doing what's wrong. But, you know, I I think as members of of or disciples of Jesus, we we need to focus on doing what's right. You know, it's it's like you see even in the political not to be the, saved, but to show others what what how the saved operate. That's well, right. right. You remember the passage in Ephesians where it said, "Don't steal." That he who, he's removed who, our sins. His grace has saved us. But now you say, "What's next?" Well, but he, but you remember the point where he said, "Don't steal," so that you can work, so that you can share. Yeah. Well, we want to be people who share what we have, but you know, some people have a stealing problem. They're way away from. <laughs> You know, sharing anything because they're There's, trying to take. So you're looking from a leadership. A guy's got a problem with stealing. Probably not ready to be put in a leadership <laughs> role. It's one thing not to share. Is my point, but to make this uh, from a political angle too. I mean, we just had the inauguration. We got a new president, and I'm still hearing what, oh, as far as their agenda, what they're against, which is the former president. I'm like you. You're in. You won that. What? What? <laughs> but it still seems to me, you know, that. And I'm making this as an illustration to Christianity. You can't go around as policemen trying to say what you're against. Mm-hmm. That that's not standing for anything. It Jesus wants us to be out there representing Him in whatever way we can figure out to make Him look good. But there is a byproduct of that when it comes to how we live our lives where we take serious the righteousness and the holiness of God. So I wanted to read this last passage. So how, hold that thought, Jace. Um, for, we're gonna we got. I want you to hold this thought until uh, after. And folks, if you want to get a little bit bonus material today because we're out of time for Unashamed, uh, you can. Uh, we've been talking about going to uh, blazetv.com slash Phil or slash Jace. You get thirty dollars off uh, to to come on board with the uh, with the Blaze TV, and so we're going to do a little bit of bonus material for that. I want to get this last thought in. So thanks, Unashamed. Those the rest of you listening. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else. Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.